back what a journey it's been it's been two weeks um since you heard from me well you heard from me and my friend Jillian who is now uh living back in Australia honestly good for her um yeah I'm sure you've been watching the news are things bad I mean, they could be better. They could be better. Um, I'm trying to stay positive. See, unlike the the character that I play on stage, I am a pretty positive person. So maybe things will turn out fine. I don't know. I'm coming to you uh, from my luxurious studio apartment in South Los Angeles, California. I am laying prostrate. Is that the word? Prostrate? On my bed. Recording this podcast. Let's see what time it is. It's a little after 1 a.m. on March 17th, 2020. Technically the second day of the Los Angeles uh, quarantine. I guess we're going to call it a quarantine. But yeah, bars are closed, restaurants are closed, movie theaters are closed, nail salons are open. Um, <laughs> almost everything I enjoy is closed. We all know why. Do, dare I get into details? We all know why. I'm calling this the Dickpocalypse because... I'm pretty sure that I'll never have sex again. And I thought that before that there there was a, a global pandemic underway, I, I thought I wasn't going to have sex again before the pandemic. Now, during the pandemic, I'm definitely sure it's never happening again. It sucks. And when I say have sex, I mean with, with a human man. I mean, having sex with an with a man. Having sex with myself, I do almost every day. It's no big deal. You know, day one of the pandemic quarantine, I masturbated approximately a total of, of two hours of the day. Two hours. And I still had time to watch... 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. I watched a couple episodes of that. And I watched the last two episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the most recent ones. 
full day. Full day. I did get my nails done. And I want to apologize for anyone who may come at me for not practicing social distancing. (laughs) But there were four people in the nail salon. Kind of a slow day. I sanitized the the nail station. I'm sure I looked racist, but you know, you do you got to do. I'm walking around with a with a a large plastic container of of wet ones hand uh antibacterial wipes. I look crazy. Not really though. I mean, honestly, I, I'm seeing way too many people out and about, and especially old people. I just don't understand that. I Some people just aren't taking this seriously, as we saw uh, over the last weekend, as, as things started to get more serious, which you, which you have seen on the news. Yesterday, Italy reported 368 deaths in one day. Oof. And Italy is apparently approximately one week ahead of us in the um in the uh what you might call it timeline of the pandemic someone literally just texted me and said are you podcasting i don't even want to respond to that right now how do they know god damn it okay uh <laughs> everyone's just you know hounding me everyone's hounding me except for the person I want to have sex with which is the great irony like honestly though like if he called me right now if the guy who I want to have sex with called me right now I'd be like literally where have you been and not just because he's technically ghosting me IMO but like I I would need to know exactly where he went this past weekend you know because God knows where he went and if he picked up the thing. You never know. You know? <laughs> you never know, you know? <laughs> um, I I spoke to Jenna, a uh, friend of the podcast, my best friend, who is a medical doctor, unlike a lot of the people on Twitter and Facebook who are comedians who basically read one article in the New York Times, well, God willing, the New York Times, or, you know, it's probably like a blog piece that they read on Medium, and they're like, okay, this is, this is my thoughts on, on the coronavirus, and it's like, you, you bomb at open mics, so why would I listen to anything you have to say about a virus? You're, you're one of the people who should get it, you know, like we hope it's you, those types of people, but it won't be, you know, because I, as I have realized in throughout my life is the worst people live forever and don't get sick. Prime evidence of that is President Trump testing negative for coronavirus, allegedly. I mean, I don't know. He probably has it, right? I don't know. <laughs> Can they say you don't he doesn't have it even if he does? They probably can do whatever. Um the economy is collapsing, you know, right before our eyes. 
And it sucks. Like, I wanted to have enough money to put a down payment on a condo by now, uh, by the next uh, recession, and it's not going to happen. And honestly, a lot of things <laughs> are looking pretty bad. People aren't working. I'm working. I'm one of the only people still working, you know. I, I've basically been promoted to, like, a management position. Because <laughs> my boss isn't going to come into the office. Like, I'm basically, you know, in charge. Great. Everything's great. Um, yeah, so the guy who's ghosting me. Which I'm sure in his mind he doesn't think he's ghosting me. But he is. Okay. I don't care what he says. The next time he calls me, there's hell to pay. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sad. Um, if he has the coronavirus, like, honestly, he deserves it. Um, even though it won't kill him. See, that's the thing. That's the whole thing about social distancing. It, the purpose is to keep people who could possibly be asymptomatic carriers of the virus away from vulnerable populations and as someone with an extremely strong immune system uh, mostly because I practice the 15 second rule you know yet have I eaten food off the floor 15 seconds after you know have I let it sit there for 15 seconds before I picked it up and ate it yeah I live like a dog. I mean, that's like why I don't get sick. Like, <laughs> I do not get sick. I barely get sick. I I I kind of stopped getting sick after I got my tonsils out. I got my tonsils out in 2013. And leading up to that, I had like a really like horrible case of tonsillitis. No idea how I got it. I mean, basically, have you ever had tonsillitis? Well, you would know, but because it's like, oh, it's horrible. So basically, your tonsils swell up, and you have a horrible sore throat. You can barely swallow. This is when it first starts. I remember I went to an urgent care because I remember having the symptoms of, of it when I was the first time I ever visited LA. Oh, wait, no, I take it back. So the first time I ever visited LA, I was a kid, but. The second time I ever visited LA, this was in, yeah, this was in like early 2013. And I came here to interview um, for an MFA program at UCLA, which I didn't get into. And I went to this urgent care in Beverly Hills. And I remember uh, like opening my mouth for the doctor and he looks in and he goes, uh-oh, <laughs> that was his, that was his medical assessment. Uh-oh. Um, and so long story short, for the next like six or seven months, I was having this. I had a sore throat basically for like seven months. It was horrible. Um, just like could barely swallow. Really painful. A doctors will not take out your tonsils easily when you're an adult because it is a very risky surgery. But eventually, after like seven months of being basically low-grade sick for seven months, the doctor in Colorado where I was living at the time was like, yeah, okay, I'll take these out. So he, he took out my tonsils. And ever since then, I have felt pretty, pretty good, pretty good. 
um, don't really get sick anymore. That's great. Um, yeah, but it's the dickpocalypse. I'm, I'm never having sex again. This is it. I'm, I'm inside. Day two, like, honestly, days go really fast when you have social events. And I have none, obviously. I am thinking about starting a, um, an Instagram live talk show from my kitchen. Um, I would have to move some things around and like, fa- uh, like fashion a backdrop out of some fabric. Someone told me that Joanne's Fabrics is going to be closed, but I don't think so. I think all retail stores are open. And who's going to be in Joanne Fabrics except for, you know, like middle-aged white women from the valley and just me. So I'm going to go to Joanne Fabrics and get something for the backdrop of the talk show. Maybe like a hot pink, like velvety type, uh, should it be no it shouldn't be like too shiny but it has to be like eye-catching but not too distracting see I'm like totally thinking out loud like I'm literally thinking about running a talk show out of my kitchen that's how insane I am right now um but maybe not like honestly so stand-up comedy is over there's no stand-up comedy for the foreseeable future and I'm fine with it honestly this is my excuse for um you know, acting like, <laughs> see, I wasn't booked that much in March anyway. And the fact that it's over is a huge, huge relief. I'm yawning because it's so late and there's no other time I'm going to be able to record this because my life is still just like jam packed, even during quarantine. Um, lots of work. I'm drowning in work, honestly. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so gonna start the talk show and everything's going to be fine. Or is it? Um, probably not. Fuck. Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Uh today it was Idris Elba became the next celebrity to get it. Tom Hanks, man. Um Everybody's making fun of his son, Chet, and I think Chet is, like, really nice, and he has good intentions, and he looks hot without a shirt, so I think we should just, like, leave Chet alone, you know? Leave him alone. Leave Chet alone. Leave him alone. Don't ever put on a shirt. Leave Chet alone. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks's other kids are more normal. I um I saw Colin Hanks in the airport once and well I'm pretty sure only me and like two other people kind of recognized him. I'm not sure. I mean he has done a lot. I guess I think the worst thing he ever did was that season of Dexter that he was on. It was the one with the uh the plot with the religious thing. I don't was it the doomsday killer? I forget um hated it like I stopped that's how I stopped watching Dexter was that season of Dexter but he was on uh was it the first season of Fargo or the second season he was really good on that and of course the first thing I ever saw him in was um that movie Orange County with Jack Black so yeah I saw Colin Hanks in in LAX once and it was fine and normal 
and he seemed fine and normal. I think one person like tried to talk to him. And how embarrassing, honestly. Like, just like me and Jillian talked about uh, seeing Stephen Dorff at brunch at the Chateau Marmont. Like, if you feel the urge to go up to talk to someone like that, just stop. Like, you look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. I understand Stephen Dorff's struggle, okay? I, too... I'm a D-list celebrity. <laughs> no, but I have had... It's so weird. Like, I get the... Like, I'm not famous at all, but I, I get, like, weird messages and, like, weird comments. And I get people recognizing me sometimes. And I have, like, a fraction of the fans that someone that, like, Stephen Dorff would have. And weird things are still happening, but... Okay, I wish Tom Hanks well. <sighs> I'm scared, guys. I don't know. We're still in a really early stage of this. And obviously, Italy is a mess. But I in China, apparently, a lot of it's clearing up. And it's been like, what, like two months? Well, I forget when the first case was. I think it was like the end of December or was it the end of November? Well, I rewatched Contagion, which is a classic uh, 2011 Steven Soderbergh film about uh, a deadly airborne virus. And honestly, do not watch it if you have anxiety. Um, don't watch it if you have that. Um, but I thought it was like pretty accurately well done. Um, I did learn some things that I had forgotten. I, I can't remember if I saw the movie in the theater when it first came out. It's from 2011. But I do remember that I did watch it with my boyfriend at the time, Dave. And I don't know, like he was kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. He had kind of a weird sense of humor. But um, what, did, what would the word be? Anyway, I remember we watched it and he like basically like freaked himself out over it. But he also like thought it was kind of funny. And the movie is, <laughs> there are some kind of funny things in the movie. But um, yeah, that virus in the movie, like it basically just, it like eats your brain and like causes you to like seize to death. Um, except it was unclear as to why some people didn't have seizures and some did um or why some people survived and some didn't and that's something that they're kind of talking about in relation to coronavirus because obviously we know that um it does affect the respiratory system more than any other aspect of your body and those who have uh, pre-existing respiratory issues are most at risk. So people, you know, with like asthma or like any other type of respiratory illness um, are, or at, are at risk of, you know, suffering the worst effects of this or even dying. Um, so that's the big issue with this one. And also, I, I guess it came from uh, something... I don't know. People are saying it comes from like eating a live bat, but I think it's it started in some wet market in China, where uh oh there there was a bat involved, and 
a pangolin and I found out what a pandolin, pandolin, no, a pangolin. And it, apparently it's like one of the most sought after um, animals in China to eat. And it's like a delicacy among rich people. And I looked it up and it it's basically like a little like, it kind of looks like an armadillo. Like it has like a shell, like one of those like weird shells and it can... I don't know, it looks like armor. It, it does not look good to eat. And bats don't seem good either. They seem like they have very little meat on them. Like, where would the meat on the bat be? I guess you could, like, eat the wings. They ate bats in um, Three Amigos in the 80s. Do you remember that movie? Right into the podcast, if you remember the Three Amigos starring uh, Steve Martin... Martin Short and Chevy Chase. Three amigos. Um, That's the only time I've ever seen someone eat a bat. And then I do remember in Ace Ventura when nature calls. Wait, no. What is it called? What is the second one called? Ace Ventura 2. What's the tagline of that? See, I can just type it in here and see what it was. But... It would be even better if I had an assistant. Like, if I was just like, hey, Jamie, pull that shit up. Um, Ace Ventura 2. What is the... Oh, it is called... It It is called When Nature Calls. Yeah, so that's when he goes to uh, Africa. And I remember there was, like, a big scene with bat poop. And, yeah, and he, like, finds out that it's called guano. And that's bat poop and I don't know was there a scene where he had it smeared all over his face I don't want to fact check this just right into the podcast unrulypodcast at gmail.com I still can't believe that um Ace Ventura was a thing can you believe that I'm like shocked that this was (laughs) that this was a huge movie I'm also shocked that I like loved it as a kid I didn't I don't understand Wow. Okay, so the budget of Ace Ventura When Nature Calls was $30 million, and the box office was $212.4 million. What kind of... that In today's money, how much is that? Because this came out in 1995. Oh my god, that is wild. Let's see. The film was written and directed by Carrie's close friend Steve Odekirk who had also collaborated in the production and as a character consultant for the first film. Well, what has this guy done since? This is important to me now. Steve Odekirk. Oh, wait a second. This is... Wait a second. He... This guy has... (laughs) His nickname is Steve O? I'm so confused. So... But it says he's also... No way. This is not the same Steve O, like, from Jackass. But this guy also did stand-up. And Steve O from Jackass does stand-up now. Wow. Okay. I don't... But he's 58? How... What? But how... How old is real Steve O? Oh my god. This is getting important now. He has to be in his 40s, right? Like, I... If he's not, like... Maybe he's not, though. Maybe he's, like, 38. I'm gonna guess 38. Let's see. 
Okay, no, he's 45. <laughs> Steve-O is 45 years old. Which means I'm old. Um, So if he's 45, when was Jackass like a huge show? Now I'm just like looking things up on Wikipedia and this is not the way the podcast is supposed to be. Sorry, folks, but now I'm like invested in this. Okay. Born in London, England. Hmm. His dad was half English and half American. Okay, well, that's enough uh, Steve-O information. See, that's the thing. Like, stand-up comedy. If stand-up comedy ever comes back, which I'm sure it will, because stand-up comedy is, like, it is the cancer of the entertainment industry. Like, it, it just, it'll keep coming back no matter what. It'll find a way to thrive. You know, like, Steve-O is... I'm going to, like, be fighting with, like, Steve-O and Michael Rappaport for spots. That's how competitive it is. So, whatever. Let's see. Oh, no. Okay, so I just got an email from Nordstrom that said they're closing all of their stores. Uh, but you can still shop online. Fine. I, I already sh- shop online. So they're going to stop. They're going to close from March 17th to March 31st. Okay, RIP Nordstrom. Another victim of the dickpocalypse. Yeah, so Contagion. Don't watch it if if you have a lot of anxiety about this thing. Um, a little realistic. It depicts a virus that definitely is it's transferred from from I I don't want to spoil it but it is it's something that makes the jump from animals to humans and the sequence of events that happens in the movie is is crazy but it, it like they explain it they explain how something like this can happen and how you know a patient zero is basically formed so Watch that movie. Nobody who was involved in its making paid me to say that. Uh, And also, like, Matt Damon is in it. And Matt Damon has been making me mad for the last few years. But he's in it. Maybe you'll like it. Whatever. Um, I want to talk about a movie I saw this past weekend. It's called St. Francis. And I saw it at the Lemley, which is now closed because um, it's illegal to have a movie theater open in Los Angeles at this time. Um, Let's see. St. Francis. So it was a cute little indie movie. And it's about a woman. She's 34. And her life is a mess. And she works as a waitress. And she just, like doesn't know what she wants to do in life so that's basically the plot of the movie and then she applies for a nanny job um and the couple that she nannies for uh it's a lesbian couple they're both pfc and they have this cute little this little girl i think she's six years old her name is uh francis and francis is kind of just like I don't know, this little firecracker girl who, she, I don't know, she's, like, very, like, well-spoken, but very rebellious, and 
she's obviously being raised to be like a little feminist, you know, bitch. And I love it. Um, yeah. So the girl who plays Bridget, Bridget is the, the waitress who, um, gets the nanning job. Her name is Kelly O'Sullivan. I've never seen her in anything before. So, uh, but she wrote it and that's inspiring because she has less Twitter followers than me. So that means I can too, uh, write a movie and have myself star in it and, um, still be kind of obscure. That's important to me. I can, I can have some success even in obscurity. I see, I'm looking at her Twitter again and she still has, uh, less followers than me. And that's great. Um... Oh, I guess the movie came out at a at a festival almost a year ago because there's a post here that says uh, um, the best movie. Uh, what is this film festival? CCO. Oh, Chicago Critics Film Festival. Best film. Well, yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll go with that. Um, yeah. St. Francis. Obviously, you can't see it in the movie theater. But you can probably rent it on VOD. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely watch it. So look for that movie. It was really good. It deserves more time in theaters. But, you know, thanks to uh, Dick Apocalypse, it won't be. So, yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah. So I've been watching 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days and like what a nightmare. See, everyone's obsessed with Love is Blind right now and I haven't even finished one episode because I find the people on it to be insufferable. I know that everyone hates Jessica, but she is just like, she's especially grating. I just can't handle her. Um, she's the woman who um, is a big drunk drunkie. <laughs> big drunk drunky see that's that's I took big fat fatty and called it big drunk drunky um and she like feeds her dog wine out of a glass and the guy she's into Mark he's like this petite Latino man no shade to petite Latino men because I've dated some of them but uh Mark is like a cuck and he's like like super like He's like whipped by Jessica, which I don't understand at all. He's like mesmerized by this, this drunk bitch. And you know what? Whatever. Good for her. But then she's not attracted to him when she meets him is the whole, whatever. It's just, it's bullshit. So, (laughs) so yeah. So the superior show to love is blind, as we all know, is 90 day fiance. 90 day fiance is the most important work in television in the last decade. Uh, This new season is a before the 90 days episode, which is uh, typically in this format, the American goes to visit their foreign fiance in the other country. And then they basically decide, you know, if they're going to go forward with uh, trying to get the K-1 visa. And the two people I want to talk about on here who stand out to me the most are Ash and Jeffrey. And I think they're both um, total POSs and huge walking red flags. Okay, so Ash is this guy in Australia who is a relationship coach. I mean, red flag number one. Any person who calls themselves a relationship coach, I mean, it to me, it just sounds like 
you know, PUA shit, like fucking like pickup artist bullshit. Do you remember that guy Mystery? He kind of reminds me of him. Um, so like he like is like super charming or, or whatever. And the girl Avery, who he um is with, she's from Seattle. Um, she seems kind of naive and I guess she's like only dated like kind of bad guys before. And let me tell you, Ash is definitely going to be the worst. Um, he seems like he's like coked out all the time and he just seems like a fraud. Like there's a scene where, so when he, we first meet him, he talks about how he, meditates by sitting in the freezing water of the ocean and he says something like to the effect of uh yeah so i i meditate and i sit there and the water it it moves through me the water is a part of me and it it calm it calms me and it cures my anger and i'm like anger okay so another red flag like he's hinting that he has this like dark shit to him like honestly he seems like he has eight stds you know like because there's a scene where he goes to get flowers for avery and the flower guy's like yeah this guy is my best customer like i guess he just like buys flowers all the time there to give to his um his different uh see i don't want to say hoes because he's the hoe you know, Ash, you a hoe, and you just have, like, these victims, like, these women are victims, obviously, you're a manipulator, and you suck, and basically, his relationship coaching is just, like, telling people, it's telling single women about, like, love languages, so they literally could just, like, read a book or go on the love languages website, and I just want to interrupt the pod just to remind you that my love languages are um well my primary is words of affirmation and my secondary is physical touch so if you're listening to this and we have dated or um we've had sex just remember that um and if you're the guy who's ghosting me please write that down because i can't have that anymore um yeah so ash is terrible jeffrey is even worse though because if you go on the reddit 90 day fiance um the 90 day fiance subreddit Jeffrey apparently has been like abusive to I guess he's been married four times and three of his four four wives have accused him of a combination of you know either rape sexual abuse or uh domestic violence um so he's a bad guy and you can kind of tell um just like I don't know he has this look in his eye that seems kind of empty he's he seems like some type of like emotional vampire so the girl who he's with who is Russian oh here's another reason you can tell he's crazy so like they go to eat at a you know traditional Russian restaurant and he you know is already like just complaining about the food he hasn't even eaten yet he goes well I only want to eat something that I want to eat and and like obviously he has major control issues right it's just like a hint of things to come so um listen ladies if you're if you are like honestly talking to you ash or jeffrey god save your souls um yeah so that's that for now i i don't really have anything else to say i'm i guess i'll be doing more 
podcasts um, in my luxurious studio apartment due to quarantine. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to work on getting the studio together. The studio. Look, I'm just going to get a backdrop to put in my kitchen and call it a talk show. Why not? Um, I guess that's it. I have no shows coming up because comedy is canceled. Comedy is canceled in 2020. And honestly, thank God, because maybe some people will quit. And and make make way for me, the most talented comedian who ever lived. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Then you guys can see um, all of all of my new my new bits about being ghosted <sighs> and talking about my coworker who died, who was mean to me. He he was mean to me, but he died. So it's his fault. Um, what do I have to plug? Social media. Yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Fixter Heather. Look out for uh, my talk show. I, I don't know what it's called yet. We're going to see. If the quarantine continues on, trust me, I will, I will be making content. Okay? And I will be posting that content on the internet for you to consume. As always, uh, thanks for the support. Please uh, rate and review the podcast. Five stars only. If you have something to mean to say, just please write it to me. Unrulypodcast at gmail.com and I will read it on the next episode. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. Happy Dickpocalypse.